Our scripture passage today comes from the first letter of John, it's chapter 5, verses 13 to 15 and 18 to 21. And uh, we have, over the last few weeks, been going over this letter that the Apostle John uh, wrote to the church, and this is the final installment of that, the very end uh, that the letter that John has, uh, has written to us. And um, before we read this, though, let us uh, pause for a moment in prayer. Good and gracious Father, Lord, we come today before your holy word. And Father, we open our hearts and we open our minds, Father, for your spirit that daily inspires us and inspires us through these words. Father, I pray that you would breathe your spirit upon us, Lord, pour it into our hearts, that as we read, that as we hear, that we may understand your good and perfect will for us. Lord, bless this holy reading of your holy word. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. This is 1 John chapter 5, verses 13 to 15 and 18 to 21. Listen now to the word of the Lord. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So who here remembers the story of Little Red Riding Hood? Y'all remember that one, right? Yeah, maybe something you heard very, very young and maybe told to your own children at one point in your life. And it's a very familiar story. But to give you just a brief recap, Little Red Riding Hood was about a girl who had a little red riding hood that she wore. And she would go out into the forest and collect little nuts and berries and fruit for her family. Well, one, one day when she went out to collect, uh, she caught the eye of the big bad wolf. And this evil wolf ran home, killed the grandmother, dressed up as the grandmother, and sat in the bed and waited for Little Red Riding Hood to come back that she would, he would devour her as well. Now, this is a story we're all familiar with. Right, and most of the time you hear the story, we know about the woodcutter comes in at the last minute and saves Little Red Riding Hood, right? Well, in the original story, Little Red Riding Hood isn't quite so lucky. There is no woodcutter that comes in to save her. And also in the original story, you might not know, but Little Red Riding Hood has a little bit of accountability for what happened to her. Now, no, don't get upset. I'm not victim shaming or anything here, okay? 
I'm just speaking the truth. In the original story, part of what happened to Little Red Riding Hood was her own fault. You see, before she went out into the woods to go collect the nuts and berries and fruits for her family, her grandmother gave her a very specific warning. She said, make sure you stay on the path. If you stay on the path, everything's going to be okay. And we all know she didn't stay on the path. She wandered off the path, and that is when she fell under the gaze of the big bad wolf. Now, you probably know at this point that I really love stories. We've been talking a lot about stories through this whole series on 1 John because John is teaching us how to be the hero of our own story. Now, I really love stories not just because they're really fun and they're neat and a great way to entertain yourself and pass the time, but stories actually have a lot of lessons to teach us. Stories have a lot of wisdom that we can learn. A lot of wisdom that we can glean from the stories that we tell, especially some of the older like fairy and folk tales. And among them is this very, very important lesson that we learned from Little Red Riding Hood. Stay on the path. Stay on the path. Do not wander away from the road that you have been given to walk. And this is a theme that's not just in Little Red Riding Hood. We see it countless times in movies and books. I'm sure you've come across it many, many times. It takes the kind of incarnation of the hero who's, who's looking for, for something, either the, the enchanted castle or the, or, the, or the hidden valley or the princess that's hiding away somewhere. And he doesn't know the way to go, and then an old man or old woman or, or, or some god appears and tells the hero the way to go. It shows the hero the path. And there's always that one warning he gives to the hero. Whatever you do, do not stray from the path. If you just stay on this path, nothing can hurt you, nothing can harm you, and you'll make it to your destination safely in the end. Now, of course, what happens? They wander off the path. They wander off the path, but in all the troubles and all the trials that they end up facing is all because of the one piece of advice they didn't take. They didn't stay on the path. It's critical advice for every hero. Whether you're looking for the lost valley or the enchanted castle or the imprisoned princess. Or you're just walking the road of salvation. Searching for the kingdom of God. It's a powerful life lesson that we all need to remember and never forget. Stay on the path. There's a word we have for staying on the path. It's called integrity. Now, if you look at the, 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 def, the dictionary definition of integrity, it means a strict adherence to a moral or ethical code. Another way you can put it is you stay on the path. You keep your integrity. You maintain the walk that you have been given to walk. Now for us as, as believers in Jesus Christ, this integrity and this staying on the path means a lot more than a simple moral or ethical code. In fact, does anybody know what the original name for our religion was? Because it was not Christianity. 
In the very earliest days, we were not called Christians and our faith was not called Christianity. The word Christianity didn't show up until about 100, 200 years uh, after the death of Christ. In fact, the original name for our faith was simply called the way. That's what it was. We follow the way. Our faith is the way, and those who believe in the way of Jesus Christ, they are followers of the way. Look through the book of Acts, all through the book of Acts. Every time the disciples talk about their faith, they talk about the way. It's a capital W, way. As in, we are followers of the way. You could also call it the path. And you were told to stay true to this path. And when we are told to stay true to this path, it's not just an ethical code. It's not just a moral code. This is your very faith as well. This is staying true to your Lord, staying true to your confession, staying true to your Savior. Do not waver. Do not wander. Do not step off of the way. Stay on the path. In this letter that, that John writes us, as he's teaching us how, how to be the hero of our own story, he closes out today with a bit of what looks like mixed advice. And, and i got to confess, when I was uh, reading this and getting ready, I had a real hard time finding some unified theme to this last bit. Because I was reading it, it felt like John was just all over the place. That he was giving us advice for this and then this, and he's talking about something else. And it was just all so mixed up. And at one point, I almost gave up thinking it looked completely random. Then the more I looked at it, the more I saw a point emerging. This common theme was emerging that what was happening here is John wanted us to remember some certain specific and important points. He uses the phrase, we know, in this passage five times. Five times in this little passage, he says, we know. And two other times, he says, you know, or I'm writing this so that you may know. So all through this, what he's doing is he's wanting us to, he wants to not only remind us of something, he wants us to remember something. He wants us to remember, to keep in mind, and this passage is written to encourage and strengthen us as believers in Jesus Christ. But this is the way he opens in 13. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know, right, that you may know, so it is that you'll know that you have eternal life. The first thing he, he steps, throws out of the gate, wants us to remember that you have eternal life. Any of you who believe in the name of Jesus Christ as the Son of God, you have eternal life. That's the whole point I'm writing these things to you. The whole point of this letter, so that you will have confidence in this. You would know that the promise that Jesus made to us is a real and true promise. So you may know that you have eternal life. But then he seems to jump completely. In verse 14, he goes on to the subject of prayer. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked with him. A reminder, a little bit of a different reminder here, that God knows, that we know that God hears our prayer. And if God hears our prayer and it's according to his will, then he will give us whatever we ask of him. 
But then he takes another quick turn and he starts talking about sin in verse 18. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. But he who was born of God protects him. And the evil one does not touch him. This is another thing that we know. We know we're born of God. And if we're born of God, we shouldn't sin anymore. But we should strive to no longer sin. And in our striving to no longer sin, we know that Christ protects us. And Christ is stronger than the evil one. And Christ will overcome the evil one. But then he jumps again. Verse 19. We know that we are from God. And the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. We know that we belong to God. We know that we are from God. But this world that we find ourselves living in, if y'all remember from last week, the world that he's talking about is everything that is in rebellion against God. And this world in rebellion against God that we are not a part of, it actually lies in the power of the evil one. And if that's not jumping around too much for he jumps again in verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and given us understanding so that we may know who is true. And we are in him who is true in his Son, Jesus Christ. God has given us understanding that we may have confidence in him. That we may not have doubt. That we may have something strong and certain to rest our faith upon. And then he gives us one final jump here, verse 21. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Stay away from idols is how he ends his letter. That's how the, the letter of John ends. No, you know, love John. No, I can't wait to see you again. No long salutations and endings that we get from uh, the book of uh, all the letters of Paul. Just ends the letter. One quick note. Oh, yeah. Stay away from idols. It's kind of dizzying, you see, when you kind of try to take it in all at once. He seems like John's just all over the place, that he's got so many things in his head he wants to remember that he hasn't written down, but he's running out of paper, or he's running out of ink, or he's running out of time. So he quickly and hastily writes down all these postscripts at the end of his letter. But in fact, what he's doing is wanting us to remember some critical pieces of information. He's wanting to remember that this is the path that you have been set on. This is the way. And these are all the reasons that you can stay on the way. All the reasons that you do not have to be afraid. All the reasons why you should heed that advice, that sage advice, stay on the path. And if you do, everything is going to turn out okay. Stay true to your faith. Stay to, true to your calling and do not fear those who try to make you wander away. You see what he does is he, he opens the passage by telling us why he's writing. So that you may know that you have eternal life. And then he ends it with the warning about idols. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. And at first glance, true, it does sound like a tag that he just kind of crammed onto the end. And, and some scholars have even suggested that this may be the work of an editor and not even John himself. I don't think this is true at all. 
I think it makes perfect sense that he ends this letter by saying, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Because we have to remember the world that John is writing is full of idols. This is the Greco-Roman world. And everywhere you looked in this world, you saw idols. There were, there were statues to different gods and goddesses. There were temples. There were sacrifices. There were rites. There were cults to different gods and goddesses springing up all over the place. There were festivals and games all being held in honor of these different gods and goddesses, all these different idols. The world was surrounded by them. And if you were going to worship any god at all, you had two choices. You could worship the one God, which meant you were either Jewish or a follower of the way, or you worship an idol. And that was it. The idols were the main rival to worship of the true God in the world that John is writing. And so if you were to worship an idol, you were straying from the path. If you were worshiping an idol, that meant you had abandoned your faith. You had abandoned the way that God had given you, and you went and you wandered off after another one. Because that is all the work of these idols, as is the work of the evil one or the work of the one that uh, John calls the Antichrist, is that they would tempt us that we would stray away from the path. And this warning against idols is still a valid warning for us today. It may not look it if you were just to peer around a little bit, but our world is still full of idols. We may not have the temples. We may not have the statues. We may not have the cults and the sacrifices that they had back then, but idols are still there. You see, you can make an idol out of anything. You can make an idol out of anything that you like. Money, houses, your country, your race can be an idol, your family can be an idol, your job can be an idol, you can even make yourself into an idol. See, anything that will take the place of God in your heart is an idol. Anything that you will trust to fulfill your life other than the one who made your life is an idol. Anything that you would look to for salvation other than Jesus Christ is an idol. And these are the things that tempt us from the path. These are the things that try to frighten us from walking the path that God has given us. And some try direct ways to try to get you to abandon your faith completely and take up a new faith. Others try indirect ways. It's to get you to live your life in an unfaithful manner. And so John writes these words to us to remind us of all the reasons that we have not to be frightened. All the reasons that we have to stay on the path. It reminds us that all the fear and danger around us is part of the world, but you are not a part of the world. That the world around us may be mired in sin, but we remember that we strive to live a life that is without sin. We have the confidence that God hears our prayer. We're not walking the path alone. We not have, haven't been abandoned out there by God to walk this path, that he hears the prayers that we make to him. 
we know that we have protection from the evil one because our Savior overcame the work of the evil one. We have the understanding that Christ has given us. And so we have no reason to fear the unknown. Most importantly, we know the path he has set us upon is the path to eternal life. You see, as long as you stay on this path, you will be okay. As long as you stay on this path, as long as you stay true to this way, you will be okay. Everything will turn out right if you stay on the path. Now, everything is not going to be pleasant. I'm going to be honest with you. Just because you stay on the path doesn't mean everything's going to be pleasant. You will have hardship. That is a guarantee. You will have pain. That is a guarantee. You will have grief. That also is a guarantee. And I'm not the one guaranteeing you this. Jesus said it before me. He promised all of his followers hardship and distress and even persecutions for staying on the path. But as long as we stay on, it will all turn out right in the end. As long as we stay on the path and don't be scared off by these things that frighten us, it will all be good in the end. And sometimes these things can scare us off the path. We go running out into the wilderness and out into the woods. But that is the one thing you can't do. If you stray off the path, you stray away from his hand. If you stray off the path, well, how can you find your way to the end? If you're no longer walking the path. And moreover, once you step off, you expose yourself to all the dangers of the wild. And you put yourself in the hands of a world that is truly in the power of the evil one. But see, here's where our Savior's like no other. Jesus told a parable once about someone who wandered off the path. You know, he loves stories too. He told his disciples about a story of a man who had a hundred sheep, and one of them wandered off the path, wandered out the way in the wilderness, out in the wilds, and was lost and vulnerable to all the dangers of a world apart from the way. So what do you think the shepherd did? He left the 99 behind and he went out and he went and found the one that wandered off the path. He went and he searched high and low until he found that one that was lost, the one that had wandered away, and he put the sheep upon his shoulders again and came back and brought him back to the rest. And there was great rejoicing for he had found the sheep that was lost. That is how much our Lord loves us. That is how much God wants you to stay on the path. That's how much God wants to see you make it to the end. Not only did he make the end for you, he made you the path. 
He told you about the path. He put you on the path. He designed the path to protect you and guard you. But if that wasn't enough, when you wander away, he comes to find you. So he can bring you back to the path again. That's how much he wants to see you succeed in this. Every possible way he can to come and find you. Only if you're willing to be found. Friends, this is the true test of a hero. The greatest test of a hero. Can you stay on the path? Yes, the Savior will find us when we stray, and we all do. But what a great day it is when we can remain faithful. How great it is when we can remain true to the way. This is our great goal in life. To stay on the path. And in fact, there is no greater goal we can have in life than to stay on this path. Everything, everything about our life has been about this. Everything that's happened to you in your life has been about this. All God has done for you has been about this. Keeping you on the path and getting you to the end. And all of our satisfaction lies at the end of this road all of our longing everything that you have ever dreamed of everything you've ever wanted everything you've desired everything you have ever hoped for is at the end of this road there's things you didn't even know you wanted that are waiting for you at the end of this road there's things you didn't even know you could want that wait for you the end of this path but you have to stay true you have to walk with integrity stay true to your faith true to your God true to your Savior if you do that you will reach the end and when we reach the end we will see our Savior face to face at last to God be all the glory forever and ever amen